my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is William Moala, the pastor of the Paravista Angola Seven-day Adventist Churches in South Australia. And I want to thank you all for joining our live show today. Wherever you're tuning in from, we especially appreciate your time in tuning in for a few moments with us on today's show. I'm so excited because today my co-host and I, we get to introduce our theme, our new theme for this week that we kick off today and the rest of our Drive Time team will continue on this theme. Our theme today that we kick off is relevant or redundant, relevant or redundant 10 commandments in a post-biblical world. And today's big question, could the 10 commandments be God's gift to humanity? Could they be God's gift to humanity? And so if you're listening out there, why don't you text us in where you're listening in from our number here in the studio zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one why don't you text us we know we have some regular listeners but if you're new to our time today why don't you text us in we'd love to hear from you wherever you may be tuning in from and so i want to introduce our co-host today my co-host uh that's in the studio with me it's none other than Pastor Ricardo Sheffer. He's a regular here on Drive Time. For those who may not know Pastor Ricardo, he currently serves as the pastor of the Prospect International and the Elizabeth Seventh-day Adventist Churches in South Australia. Welcome to the show today, Pastor Ricardo. Thank you so much. Such a privilege to be here to discuss this important topic once yeah. again. So it's, it feels like it's been a, a little while since we've been in the studio. Um, so um, how's your weekend? Anything exciting that you got up to? No, not much. I pretty much stayed at home, chilling and uh, organizing a few things. Maybe yeah. walk the dog. That was the only exciting thing. <laughs> what, what's the dog's name? Milo. Milo. Wow. All right. So named after that beautiful beverage drink, right? Yeah, just because he's brown. Oh, he's, he's brown dog. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, my dad, you know, we grew up with um, German Shepherd dogs growing up in Sydney. So we had a few and um, you might laugh at what... My dad called our dog, <laughs> our German Shepherd's name was Bimbo. <laughs> and I asked my dad, you know, why'd you call, why'd you call the dog Bimbo? And apparently um, they had another dog, previous dog, back in the islands when he grew up. And um, that dog's name was Bimbo as well. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if I'll be calling any dog uh, soon uh, Bimbo. So <laughs> anyway, so you had a pretty relaxing weekend, sounds That's like. That's right, yes. Yeah. So I wanted to share with our um, listeners as well. A uh, couple, just a couple of quick things before we continue. I was telling you just off air before we went online. Uh, Pastor Ricardo is um, today is actually my birthday. Well, not quite. I like to call it my spiritual birthday because on this day, um, nineteen years ago, two thousand four, I gave my life to Jesus and was, and was baptized um, in the waters of baptism, joining um, the Seventh Day Adventist Church in Concord in Sydney. And so every time March 20 rolls around, Ricardo, I'm always reflecting on, on that journey and, and what the Lord has done in, in and through my life. And so, so I've got two birthdays. I've got one in February and I've got one today. Congratulations. Thank you. And um, so I had a pretty exciting weekend, uh, Pastor Ricardo. Um, I had the privilege of um, seeing my first cousin, our sister's, uh, sorry, 
our mothers are both sisters. So he's my first cousin, Tucky, uh, traveled down to Canberra. And he got baptized on the weekend on Sabbath. Praise God. So uh, I had the privilege of taking the, the sermonette. I took the message uh, section and Pastor Nick Chan, he um, baptized my cousin. So it's a wonderful day. I had my family drive up from Sydney. I flew down there and it was just a lovely day. And, and uh, seeing he's the oldest of all of our, you know, my generation, all the grandkids. Mm. And uh, to see Tucky step up and give his life to Christ was an amazing thing. And, you know, it, it's always special when you see someone close in your family, mm-hmm. um, you know, giving their life to Jesus. And so if you're listening out there, Tucky, or anyone that was um, uh, down there over the weekend at Canberra, over at Canberra National Church, Adventist Church, um, praise God for um, lovely weekend. The, 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 the church uh, were absolutely amazing. Pastor Ricardo, they... They hosted a most beautiful luncheon. I mean, these were Pacific Islanders. They were Fijians, Papua New Guineans, and mm. they were all just a mixed um, young people, youth, young adults, and they put up a beautiful lunch for us. And so got back in late last night and, um, yeah, ready to uh, tackle today and the rest of the week. So that was my blessing, and, um, yeah, it was, it was super special for our family as well. Um, so I hope you guys out there in, um, that had a, a good weekend as well. And, uh, we're going to get into our theme in just a few moments. But before we do, we're going to, uh, transition now, uh, for our World Watch segment. I, I wanted, uh, Pastor Coda, I wanted to read this article, um, for, to our listeners out there today. And, uh, I took it off the, um, Amazing Facts, uh, website. And it's an article entitled Amazon, the Bible and Artificial Intelligence. Alexa, speak in my dead grandmother's voice. It's a very interesting article title. And so this article was uh, posted, um, you know, last year in August by Chris W. Sky. And so I just thought I'd just read it, um, Ricardo, because it only takes a few minutes. And um, and then we'll see. Um, yeah, there's been very interesting thoughts that come out of uh, this article um, by Chris. So here we go. It says, the future, according to Amazon, is a future in which machines will be able to, quote, think, speak, and just be a friend. From June 21st to June 24, 2022, Amazon held its re-Mars convention in Las Vegas. Mars stands for, for Machine Learning Automa- Automation Robotics and Space. Attendees paid $1,499 for a full access pass to spend the better part of the week gorging on keynotes, breakouts, and workshops from Amazon's best and brightest. And according to Rohit Prasad, senior, senior vice president and head scientist of Amazon's virtual personal assistant, Alexa AI, the future includes, quote, ambient intelligence, end of quote, which he defined as, quote, artificial intelligence, AI, that is embedded everywhere in our environment. The path to reach that goal in Prasad's view is Alexa. By the way, just I want to pause. Have you heard of Alexa or this whole AI stuff? Oh, you have. Okay. It was quite new to me, actually, while I was reading it. So here we go. Back to the article. Prasad isn't just any top dog. He's the co-creator of Alexa. His 20-minute keynote culminated in an upcoming feature designed to help, this is a quote, help Alexa become ubiquitous in shoppers' lives. It is voice mimicry. Hmm. Triggered by the shocking tragedies experienced during the COVID-19 pandemic, this new, quote, system will let Alexa mimic, this is the real crutz of the article, system will let Alexa mimic 
any voice after hearing less than a minute of audio. It's quite amazing. With the headline, Human-Like Empathy, towering on the screen behind him, Prasad prefaced the demo at the convention with this explanation. While AI can't eliminate that pain of loss, it can definitely make their memories last. He then played a short clip of a boy requesting, quote, Alexa, can grandma finish reading me The Wizard of Oz? <laughs> As grandma's voice filled the air, the camera cut to the boy, flipping through the book with a bright smile on his face, just as though his grandma were really there in the room with him. Prasad gave even further insight into this new capability. Empathy is a, quote, key for building trust, end of quote, between you the consumer, and Alexa, the machine. But what happens when the world's most valuable brand, Amazon, makes their products your best friends? Are we in actuality witnessing the overt exploitation of grief? Couple that with another of Prasad's announcements in which he informed the audience, we're seeing a massive growth in proactive actions, by which we mean actions that Alexa initiates on customers' behalf. Today, more than 30% of actions and smartphone interactions are all initiated by Alexa. Alexa achieves this by learning who you are, your desires, your habits, your routines, as Prasad likes to call them. But what if your desires aren't good for you? What if you're trying to break those habits? Alexa is, a, is great at giving you what you want, but what about what you need? And so we return to the age-old question. At what point does the tool you are using start using you? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, what inf- amount of influence will this virtual relationship have on your real-life decisions? Before Alexa gets into every nook and cranny, Prasad and the team are going to have to get past the guardians of the social media galaxy who instantly labelled Alexa's use of dead voices as, quote, creepy and morbid. Others cautioned against the ethical disregard associating the feature with, quote, deep fakes, video or audio that is rendered with AI to make it appear as if someone did or said something that never actually happened. And not all companies are taking the plunge headfirst like Amazon. Microsoft even backpedaled, curbing its own AI system to avoid its being, quote, weaponized as an act of deception. The Bible explains that when a person dies, there's no part of him that remains alive. The dead know nothing. Should we follow suit and view this new technology as a threat? What about, sorry, what about from a spiritual angle? Are the artificial intelligence gurus the sorcerers of today, conjuring to life things that are not really alive or else not alive anymore? God forbids his people to have any contact whatsoever with those who bring, quote, back, sorry, bring back, quote, the dead. There shall not be found any among you, one who calls up the dead, Deuteronomy 18, 10 and 11. Give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits. Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. Leviticus 19.31 In the original Hebrew, the word medium is defined as necromancer, a sorcerer who revives the dead, said the Lord. And when they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? Isaiah 8.19 Contrary to popular belief, the Bible explains that when a person dies, there is no part of him that remains alive. The dead know nothing, Ecclesiastes 9.5. So man lies down and does not rise. Till the heavens are no more, they will not awake nor be roused from their sleep, Job 14 verse 12. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth, 
On that very day, his plans perish. Psalm 146 verse 4. It is sorcery that tells you otherwise. In fact, today there is an occult movement under the heading of spiritualism that believes in and encourages communication with the so-called dead. Is Amazon's voice of the dead actually preparing the world for something much more deceptive and deadly? And I think that's the heart of the article today, Pastor. There's a little bit more here, and I'll finish up. There is only one who can actually bring the dead back to life, the one who gave all creatures life in the first place, and that is God. Ezekiel 37.5 says, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live, said the Lord. See ya. See, um, so... So after all, it ends. the article ends by saying, after all, who needs artificial intelligence when the gift of eternal life has been freely offered to you? Mm. And that's an article by Chris W. Sky posted on August of 2022. Mm. So what do you think, Pastor, this idea of artificial intelligence in impersonating uh, voices mm. um, sounds very uh, comforting, I guess, on the exterior, but... As Chris uh, mentions in the article, that it, it could open um, various, you know, like anything, technology can be used to be a blessing exactly. or it can be turned into a very deceptive curse. Yes, it's interesting the times that we're living in. Uh, and I'm so glad the Bible sheds a lot of light about what happens after we die. Yeah. I'm sure the devil uses uh, that deception. Yeah to bring supposedly messages from our loved ones who are in heaven. Yeah. And again, I said supposedly in heaven. So if he can, if the devil can't get us all to believe that the dead are still alive and they can bring us messages from heaven, don't you think that he could deceive yeah. us very easily? Yeah. Right? And that's, I think that's what's mm-hmm. so mind-boggling of this. If this is... Human, human capabilities that's able to create these, you know, artificial intelligence, yes. you know, machines that can uh, mimic our voices. And I think that's, I love that part of the article. At what point does, uh, does they start <laughs> using us and yeah, technology people starts? People will believe yeah. that lie a lot easier. So uh, it, it yeah. was in the article that said, you know, Alexa not only responds to your command, but she almost is proactive. She yes. almost like, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead of you and start making decisions about, you know, in, about, you know, your life. And so that's very interesting at the level of technology where we're at. And so mm. what do you think out there, our listeners? We'd love to hear your thoughts. What do you think about this article, Amazon, the Bible, and artificial intelligence? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're going to do now is we're going to go to our book offer. We'll go to a break and then we'll be right back. Uh, for our first segment where we pass Ricardo. So here we go. Our book offer for today is the book called God's Truth Can Change Your Life. And it's written by uh, Dr. George R. Knight. And so in this book, best-selling author George R. Knight explains the Bible's major themes in a manner that is both clear and brief. And so if you're listening out there and you want to dig a little bit deeper into the Bible, I'm looking at some of the context chapters here. Uh, Jesus, the center of the story. One chapter talks about creation or evolution. Uh, well, actually, today's topic, which is uh, going to be going through the rest of the week, is talking about what is God like? A glimpse of his Lord. So, hey, if you want some a free resource that will help you um, in your quest, in your journey of faith, why don't you text us the code word um, SA109 
and we'd like to se- and send that. Uh, sorry, let me repeat that. Text the code SA one zero nine to our number in the studio zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. And uh, our friendly message bot will reply to you, get your details, and get that book out to you. So if you'd like a free copy of the book, God's Truth Can Change Your Life by George Knight, please text us the code word SA109 to 0488808811. Please don't go away. We'll be back in just a few moments. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. is just and the law is right and it's written by God in stone the law is love and the law is life and it's written by God in stone I will follow his commandments I'll abide in For His law is my delight It's written down in stone Oh, it's written down in stone The law is holy, the law is pure And it's written by God in stone Faithful forever sure And it's written by God in stone I will follow His commandments I'll abide in Him alone For His law is my delight It's written down Oh, 
You're back now. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with myself, uh, Will Malala, and my co-host, Pastor Ricardo Sheffer. And uh, if you're just tuning in, we are dealing with our theme for today and the rest of this week, Relevant or Redundant? The Ten Commandments in a Post-Biblical World. And today's big question that we are seeking to unpack is, could the Ten Commandments be God's gift to humanity? So we're going to be looking at the this idea of the Ten Commandments, God's Ten Commandments, the moral law, and we're going to be unpacking that uh, for the rest uh, today and the rest of the week this week. So, Ricardo, why don't you unpack us on the question you and I will be looking at in today's show, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with the Ten Commandments. Could the Ten Commandments be God's gift to humanity? Excellent topic, excellent question. Um, I think before we go into the topic, I, I thought I would share with our listeners, um, because we were just briefly talking about what the Bible says happens after we die, right. or communicating to the dead yes. and so forth. Just in case anyone out there is interested, I am going to be talking about in depth what happens after we die, according to the Bible. And I'll be preaching on that at um, Elizabeth Seventh-day Adventist Church on May 20, and also at Prospect International Church on May 27th. You can um, look at up, look um, look at the address, sorry, on the um, internet, and you're more than welcome to join right. us. So um, the question for today is: Could the Ten Commandments be God's gift to humanity? humanity. Yes. Okay, let's have a look at um, quite a few Bible verses, and I'm going to be commenting on them, because I would like you to, um, uh, all of our listeners, to to know what the Bible says, not what I think or what Pastor Will thinks. It's it's what the Bible yeah. says. So um, when God um, reminded the Ten Commandments to the Israelites on Mount Sinai, it's interesting to see what God actually says before he starts giving commandment number one uh, and then number two, etc. So if we, if we go to Exodus 20, verses 1 to 3, this is what it says. And God spoke all these words, saying, this is right before he gives the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Verse 2, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. bondage. And then on verse 3, he starts with commandment number 1. You shall have no other gods before me. And then so forth. Commandment 2, commandment 3, until commandment number 10. But it's interesting that in verses 1 and 2, God introduces himself as our Savior. The one who took us out of bondage. It's just as if he were saying, I am your Savior. I took you out of bondage. Therefore, see, you shall not have other gods before you. In other words, therefore, you shall do these things. Right. Um, It's really interesting. When you look at these Ten Commandments in Hebrew, the words shall have, for example, in verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. Shall have is haya, which means to be, to happen, to occur, to come to pass. So the commandments are not just commandments, but actually promises. Right. So in other words, God is saying, because I am your savior, because I can take you out of bondage, I can, the bondage of sin in this case, yeah. 
you will no longer do this. You will now respect your parents as a result because I'm promising that I will cause you to do that. Okay. That's the great difference. So obedience is the result of salvation, not the means to gain salvation. We need to have that clear because lots and lots of Christians nowadays are thinking that um, they have to do certain things in order to achieve salvation when it's actually the other way around. Obedience is a result of a relationship with Jesus. And that's why Jesus said in John 14, verse 15, If you love me, keep Keep my commandments. And some manuscripts actually say, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Do you see the promise there? If you love me. So that's a pretty powerful uh, point you're just making, uh, Ricardo, is before God gave the, um, I guess, you know, explained, expounded this this new way of living. Mm-hmm. He says right at the outset, "Hey, I'm the God that saved you. I brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage." So, what you're essentially mm-hmm. saying is that is that it was given to a saved and a redeemed people. Mm-hmm. It was the redemption and the what God God's act of grace. Yeah. They needed to understand that first, mm-hmm. and in light of that of what He did, then He gave them a prescription of how they were to live. Yes. It's, I think that's pretty like, powerful because there are some, a lot of people, even some Christians who would say, you know, the commandments is something that's, you know, burdensome and, you know, we're probably going to pack mm-hmm. that a little later. But, mm-hmm. but you're making the, the, the comment that no, God specifically mm-hmm. outlined that he redeemed them first. That, yeah, that's powerful. And, and a lot of people tend to think that God gave us the Ten Commandments in order for us to save ourselves. Right. Or, as a condition to be saved. You know, if you keep these commandments, then you earn salvation. But when God introduces us to the Ten Commandments, He's basically saying, just in case, it is not you who gets saved, it is I. I am the one who saved you, just in case. Yeah. And these are the commandments that you will be keeping as a result of having a relationship with me. Yeah. Which is totally different to thinking, oh, okay, this is the list of things that I need to do in order to to, to yeah. be saved. Yes. That is not, so it's, uh, not, not biblical. Yeah. Huh? I get, yeah. Which is exactly why Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Mm. See? Yeah. Because God is not interested in just us keeping the commandments without loving him first. Yeah. We have to have a relationship with him. And then as a result, mm. we will keep his commandments just like Jesus said, right. if you love me. If you love me and only if you love me. Mm. Keep or you will keep my commandments. Just a few verses down the same gospel. John 15, verse 14. Jesus said, You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And when I, when I read this verse, I see the type of relationship that God wants to have with us. He wants to have a friendship with yeah. us. He wants to be our friend, not He's our God as well, but He's also our friend, our Father, our Savior. Yeah. He's everything to us. And we should have that sort of relationship with Him as, as, a, as, a, as our friend. You know, I think part of it, the, part of the challenges, of, uh, Ricardo, is when we hear the word a command, a commandment. It's mm. almost like has a negative connotation. Yes. Like commanding is implying that you're told to do something whether irrespective of you whether you want to do it or not. I think of like in the military, you know, they they mm-hmm. have certain structures and certain mm-hmm. people can in their positions of power can say, Hey, you need to do A and B right now. 
irrespective of whether you like it or you, you know. Exactly. So, so when you, when maybe some people hear the word commandment, it's kind of has that kind of picture of, oh, I have to do it. Yeah. Oh, you and, said it. Yeah. Something that you have to do. Yeah. But in some ways, you're saying, like, when you read the context of Exodus chapter mm-hmm. 20, it's, it's in the context of, of liberation. It's freedom. God mm-hmm. set his people, the Israelites out of slavery. So mm-hmm. it's a big thing for them to kind of come out of that world where they were subjected to the, you know, the powers that were, that were to be in, in those days in, in, in Pharaoh with, with Egypt. And so the commandments always has to be, uh, express in the context of self, of, of grace and, yes. and freedom. Relationship with God. That's right. Love, all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's easy to think that, um, the commandments is something that we have to keep. Yeah. But in, instead of that, the commandments is something that we love keeping. Yeah. That's what God wants to cause in us. Yeah. He wants to be the one. I, I'm reminded of that, um, you know, there's that text in, uh, I think it's in the book of Psalms where David says, you know, I do like to do thy will. Oh my God, you know, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, I might be, um, jumping ahead no, of no, you. No, no. Yeah, but you know, he said, I delight to do thy will. Oh my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. Actually, the reason why some of these things are fresh in my mind, uh, Ricardo, because just literally on the weekend when I was, I was telling about how I was in Canberra and I was, uh, preaching there for my cousin's baptism. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, I did a, a message about the four C's of, of seven day Adventism or the four C's of Christianity, Christ, cross. The third one is commandments. And, uh, and the fourth one is coming again. And so when you're talking, we're talking this week about commandments and, you know, mm-hmm. and I was expressing to my cousin that, you know, on the weekend is, Hey, and everything you're saying to me, I was saying it to, you know, John 14, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I kind of embedded the Sabbath. The Sabbath is something was given <laughs> because he, it was a given to bless us. It's included the, yeah. the commandments. So that's the right order. First, we have to love God. Yes. Then we keep the commandments. Yeah. And of course, in order to love God, you need to spend time with him. Yes. You cannot love someone that you don't know. Right? Right. Um, so the Bible is full of this concept everywhere. The commandments are to be kept out of love, not because we have to, not because we want to earn something. No, no, none of that. Um, again, First John 5, 3 says, For this is the love of God. And a lot of Christians nowadays say, I love God, but I don't want to have anything to do with His commandments. Right. But the Bible says this, for, he, for this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. Right. The, we, we delight in doing that because we... Love him. Yeah. You see, when I was still single, um, I grew up in South America, in Peru. And uh, I live, used to live in the city. Uh-huh. And the Adventist University was far away from the city. If I wanted to go there, it was a beautiful place, by the way. Uh, I had to take, if I remember correctly, one, two, three buses. Yes. <laughs> and then one of those little... Um, Scooters that yeah. were pulling at a little trolley there that are very unsafe, you know, <laughs> uh, jumping up and down for 15 yeah. minutes. Like a cab. Uh, everything took me um, about two hours to get there. So um, whenever they had an event for youth or um, anything, uh, as much as I loved the place, just to think of traveling was, uh, it put me off. Right. So I, I went there occasionally, right? I didn't like the, the travel. Yeah. But then um, I started dating my, my wife, <laughs> and guess where she decided to go to study? Right. 
to that university and she went to live there at the boarding house. Okay. So if I wanted to see her, I had to go to that place far away. But guess what? Now the travel, the journey was nothing for me. Right. Why is that? Because of love. Yeah. You see, when we love God, the commandments are not burdensome. Yeah. They are just a delight. Yeah. Because we love him. And that's what God wants us to do, to have a relationship with him so that we will keep his commandments. And this is when Ezekiel thirty six twenty seven becomes reality, okay. a reality in yeah. our lives, where God says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. Mm. As a result, he will cause us to be obedient. Yeah. We don't need to try hard to keep the commandments so that God will love us. It's totally the other way around. And just to kind of jump in there, Ricardo, the rest of our team for Drive Time, they're going to be unpacking, uh, you know, various aspects of, of these Ten Commandments, you know, talking about our relationship to our parents, you know, there's uh, the specific command regarding the, the marriage relation. So for our listeners out there, we're only just introducing the topic today, mm-hmm. but we're trying to, to show... Um, that, that it actually is a blessing. God never intended it. And I love how you're bringing in this love aspect of relationship, Ricardo. It's, uh, it was mm-hmm. definitely meant to be a blessing. Look, well, yes. if you look at it from the initial giving of the Ten Commandments in the book of Exodus, it was given to a, a, an enslaved people. So, hey, was it good news for them, the Ten Commandments? Absolutely. God was trying to, you know, God gave them a new way of living, a new way of of seeing God, you know, seeing each other. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like this new, these principles that God had given them to be successful, to be happy for the family, for That's the marriages. So, you know, and I think it's a shame, uh, I think, Rick, Ricardo, how unfortunately in some circles the, the Ten Commandments is it's not really valued as it should be. It's not... You know, you read Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible. David talks about the Psalms. He loves it. He meditates on it. He sleeps. You would think like this guy, what else does this guy do? He just spends his whole day just meditating on God, you know, and, and his law and everything. But, but I think what, that's what you're getting at. David was just so in love with God. He's, he just delighted yes. in, 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 in God's instructions, in the law, and in all these principles that mm-hmm. that were given to God's people, so yeah, exactly right. And uh, we need to understand the right order in this. So the love, the relationship first comes first. Relationship, then obedience. See Proverbs twenty three thirty six again. It says, "My son, give me your heart, right, and let your eyes observe my ways." See the right order there. The first thing that God requests yeah. from us is our hearts because he knows that if we give him our heart, then we will obey his commandments. Right. He's not asking here, son, give me your obedience. <laughs> yeah, it's good. He wants my heart. Yeah. If he has my heart, he will have also my obedience. Okay. And that's why um, David also said many times in the Psalms, in this case, Psalm 40, verse 8, I delight yes. to do your will. He never said, I have to do your yeah. will. You know, <laughs> I delight to do your will, oh my God. And your law is written in my heart. Yes. Not in my mind or in my memory or in yeah. my notebook. In my heart. That's yeah. why we need to have a relationship with God daily. Amen. And for that reason, the Bible, the Apostle James, 
he calls the law the law of liberty. Wow. Uh, so he calls it a law of liberty. Yeah. Of freedom. Freedom. That's beautiful. Because it frees us from sin, the captivity of sin. The way the Bible uh, presents the law is like a mirror. Okay. The law is like a mirror. Um, like, a, like when you look into a mirror and you see your reflection type yes, of thing. Okay. That's how you see how you are. This is found in James chapter 1 for those who want to look at that. But when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we can see if our face has spots or if, yeah. if our hair is untidy. You know, we see everything. The mirror tells us, <laughs> hey, you're not okay. The mirror doesn't lie. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you cannot change the fact. Yeah. So, uh, but the mirror doesn't fix you. If you have a spot in your face, you know, uh, you're not going to grab the mirror and rub it on your face yeah. in order to get rid of that spot. Yeah. The, the mirror just tells you uh, there's something on your face so that you do something about it. Right. The same thing with the law. The law tells us you're not right with God. Right. You're doing this that you're not supposed to be doing. Yep. But I'm not going to try hard to keep the law in order to save myself. What I need to do is, oh, I realize now that I'm not doing well. I need to go to my Savior, yeah, Jesus Christ. Okay. And he will cause me to right. obey the law. That's another powerful point you just mentioned there, Ricardo. The law doesn't actually save us. No. It points, us, uh, points, out, points out our defects and, and what's wrong with us. Um, and I think that's pretty important for our listeners to know because uh, just for even ourselves to know internally as Christians is the law, you know, definitely that God has, uh, he's given us these principles to live, but we don't do it to earn our standing with God. We don't mm. earn it to, for brownie points, you know, to use a, a looser term, mm. but we do it, as you mentioned in, in the gospel of John, Jesus says, because we love Jesus. Yes. The, the relationship the things, has to come first. Those are the things that God wants us to do, the Ten Commandments, in order to be happy as well. Yeah. Uh, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, for example, it says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. And then it says, but happy is he who keeps the law. Okay. Happy. So uh, the result of keeping the law is that we will be happy. We will have peace. I think you've, I think you've answered our question because that was our, that's our big question on, for our show today. Um, we're talking about, you know, could the 10 commandments be God's gift to humanity? And here it is. You're just saying it right now, Ricardo, in the text. Can, can you actually repeat that one more time? The, the, the last 29, one? 29. 18. 18. Yeah. The last part says, but happy is he who keeps the law. There you go. And then in Psalms, the same thing. Psalms one, one and two. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path yeah. of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. So the blessing is for those who I keep the law text. out of love, not right. for those who keep the law in order to gain salvation. Yeah, That's a big difference. Yeah, But those who keep the law out of law as a result of a relationship with God, the law becomes a blessing. Wow. Hey, Pastor Ricardo, I love the content that you're sharing with us and with our listeners out there today. Um, we're just going to pause, go to a quick break, and we'll be back in just a moment. But before we do, to you, our listeners out there, we'd like to uh, promote our free book offer for today once more. The book is God's Truth Can Change Your Life. And in this book by uh, George R. Knight, um, he shares and explains the Bible's major themes in a manner that is both clear and brief. 
And as such, it not only provides a concise introduction to the teachings of the Bible, history's most influential and best-selling book, but it's an, also an invitation to further study. I'm looking at the chapters here. It's some great chapters talking about Jesus, the center of the story. There's a chapter here on creation versus evolution, talking about the, a glimpse of God's law. There's a chapter here, uh, here Christians and God's law. So it's exactly what we're uh, talking on for our show today and the rest of the week and this week. If you'd like a free copy, please text us here in the studio. The code word is SA109. Text the code word to 04888 uh, One more time, the code is SA109 to 04888 Please text the code word and our friendly bots will get reply to your text, get your details, and we'll get that book out to you as soon as possible. So please don't go away. We'll be back in just in, uh, in a few moments. Uh, you listen to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A. Seal them in my mind 
just how lovely your commandments are, and write them on the tablets of my heart. You're back listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with myself, uh, Will, and Ricardo here, and we're. Almost finished for today's live show today, but if you've just tuned in, we are looking at the theme of relevant or redundant Ten Commandments in a post-biblical world. And today, Pastor Ricardo and I have been looking at the question, could the Ten Commandments be God's gift to humanity? So in the remaining time we got, uh, Pastor Ricardo, um, uh, walk us through, I know there may be some people out there listening, thinking about, oh, what about this idea between, I guess, God's... Ten Commandments and this idea of the ceremonial, um, some people are a little bit confused about that. Um, walk us through, um, maybe is there a difference between those two? How do we understand um, that concept there? That's very important to understand, Pastor Will. And yes, uh, the Ten Commandments are also known as the moral law. Right. And then the ceremonial laws are the laws of the sacrifices done in the, the desert and the temple in the Old Testament. Gotcha. Uh, everything represented uh, our future, the future Savior back then, okay. Jesus Christ. Right. See, everything pointed to the, to the sacrifice of Jesus. But it's, un- it's good to understand that before God presented or uh, reminded the Ten Commandments to the Israelites from Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments already existed. God's commandments oh, okay. already existed right. because they are eternal Eternal principles. In Genesis 26, verse 5, we find that it says, Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my, ch- kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Abraham okay. existed uh, way before right. Mount Sinai, way before Moses. And we can see that God's commandments already existed. Okay. And it makes sense, of course, because um, killing was not right since the beginning. It, yeah. It's it's not something that became bad since Mount Sinai. Correct. See, obeying your parents, not stealing, everything, all of those things were wrong since the beginning. Uh, also, the Bible says that in 1 John 3, 4, that uh, sin is breaking of the law. Everyone who sins breaks the law. And also, the Bible says in 1 John 3, 8, that the devil sins from the from beginning. From the beginning, yeah. If sinning is breaking the law, God's law, and the devil sins from the beginning, that means the law existed from the beginning. Okay, good. The law is eternal. Now, the ceremonial law, because we were talking about the Ten Commandments, the Ten Principles of the Character of God that are eternal. On the other hand, the ceremonial law was added later. In Galatians 3.19, it says, What purpose then does the law serve? And now Paul is talking about the ceremonial law here. What is the purpose of the ceremonial law? And he says, it was added because of transgressions. Transgressions okay. came after sin entered, of course. Right. After Adam and Eve were created. And when they sinned because of their transgressions, that moral law, sorry, that ceremonial law was added because of transgressions. And here's the key thought. Till the seed, capital S, should come to whom the promise was made. So that ceremonial law that was added because of her transgressions was to be um, uh, in in action or active 
until the seed should come, capital S, uh, to whom the promise was made, and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now, who's the seed? Capital S. Galatians right. 3.16 says, Now to Abraham and his seed, capital S, where the promise is made. He doesn't say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. Yeah. So, we just read these verses. We can conclude very clearly here right. that the ceremonial law was added because of our transgressions, but it was to be there until Christ, until he came. Why is that? Because the ceremonial law was nailed to the cross. Okay. It ended with Jesus. All the ceremonial law pointed forward to Jesus on yeah. the cross and the beginning of his ministry okay. from there. That's why it was nailed to the cross. But the moral law, the Ten Commandments, are always binding. That represents the character of God. Right. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew five seventeen to nineteen that he never came to destroy the law or the prophets, but to fulfill. Fulfill it, yeah. Yes. Okay. To fulfill the law, um, James chapter two, for example, says, uh, "If you really fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin, and are convicted by the law of uh, by the law as transgressors." For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he's guilty, guilty of all. Of all. Yeah. And this is the New Testament. Right. Speaking about the Ten Commandments, yeah. if you keep reading, you'll see that it's talking about commandments such as do not commit adultery, do not murder. He's speaking right. about specifically the Ten Commandments being binding right in the New Testament. Now, the question I'd like to answer in the few minutes that we have left, how do we keep the Ten Commandments then? We mentioned at the beginning, we mentioned this, that the Ten Commandments are to be kept out of love right? as a result of our relationship with Jesus. So to answer that question, first we need to have a daily relationship with Jesus through the study of the Bible, through prayer, talking to Him in prayer, um, sharing what's in your heart with God as if you were talking to your best friend. Yeah. As you do that, something will happen inside of us. And then we will keep the law as a result. And this is what Jesus said in John fifteen forty five. He said, abide in me. In other words, stay connected with me. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do Nothing. Yeah. What's the meaning of nothing? Literally, nothing. nothing. Right? <laughs> yeah. We can do nothing without Jesus. Right. And the fruit represents here the good actions or the obedience to the law. Notice that in this chapter, Jesus never commanded us to bear fruit. He, you, you'll never find uh, quotes there in that chapter saying, uh, I command you to bear fruit. Uh, okay. The only thing that God commands us here is abide in me. So, yeah. Why is that? Because the result of abiding in him or staying connected with him is that we will bear fruit, fruit. the fruit of obedience. Right. That's the key to success. Okay. So if there is anyone worried about something that you cannot stop doing, you know it's bad, you know it's a bad habit, you know it's causing, it's destroying your life or the, and the life of those around you, you don't know how to stop. Yeah. Stop trying hard to stop doing that. Rather than that, use your power of will to spend time with Jesus daily, and you'll see the results. There is a blessing, therefore. 
for everyone who keeps these commandments out of love. Revelation 22 verse 14 clearly says, Blessed are those who do His commandments. Why is that? It says that they may have the right to the, the tree, tree of, of life. life and may enter through the gates into the city. Why the gates? Because the Bible says that the city has 12 gates. Yeah. Uh, three gates on each side of the city wall. I can't wait to yeah, enter through too. the gates. <laughs> uh, there is a blessing for those who obey God and the law is place for our happiness. Yeah. This is a, a a barrier of you know of happiness for us. If we remain inside the boundaries of God's law, we will be happy. Yeah. If we go outside that, we will pay the consequences of our own decisions. Praise God. It's man. not something that God has given us to annoy us. So I guess as we wrap up Ricardo um, with our question at the top of the show today, could the Ten Commandments be God's gift to humanity? Yes, indeed. I think we can say an affirmative heartfelt yes, absolutely. Very confidently. Yeah. Um, yeah, any final thoughts there before we wrap up today, uh, Ricardo? Sure. Because so, some, even some of the things you mentioned today, it's pretty, you know, for our listeners out there, you know, it you need to kind of get into the scriptures, particularly mm-hmm. pertaining to the, the moral and the ceremonial laws, because that does, mm-hmm. it's often a misunderstood concept. You know, mm-hmm. you mentioned, you know, Jesus, that's what was hung on the cross. I think there was a text mm-hmm. alluding to a Colossians, I think, somewhere Colossians there. Too. And so people have read, you know, texts that, that they seem to walk away and say, well, you know, the law was done away with and yeah. that type of, that type of reasoning. But what we seem to be discovering in the Bible is we look at David, when we look at Paul, we look at James, Mm-hmm. They're affirming the, the I guess, the, the Ten Commandments, and they're talking about its validity. And I think what we want to kind of bring across to our listeners and to our audience today, it's it's relevant. You know, yes. it's not something that's obsolete that, you know, just because it was tucked away somewhere in the Old Testament that it somehow has no uh, legitimacy today. I want to tell, I want to challenge maybe, there's maybe yeah. someone listening out there today going, hey, I've always thought of the Ten Commandments as something that's binding, something restrictive. Maybe they were part of a, maybe they heard something or someone online kind of almost belittling the gospel, uh, the commandments and saying, hey, it's about the grace of God. But hey, I, I see it as two sides of the, of the coin there, uh, Pastor Ricardo. You, you've got the, the law on one side, like you mentioned, the mirror points us out sin. But then you've got the gospel on the other because the gospel is the good news mm-hmm. that there is an answer to our, yeah, from our, Genesis, our wretchedness. From Genesis know? to Revelation, obedience to the Ten Commandments is everywhere. I would just say to our listeners, um, now that you know the Bible says that the Ten Commandments are always binding, don't try to keep the Ten Commandments in order to save you yes, or in order to achieve salvation. But do your best to have a relationship with Jesus Christ daily and you will end up keeping his commandments. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Ricardo. I loved what we were able to discuss today in the studio and hope you, our faithful listeners out there, were able to be blessed as well. Hey, our time's up for today, but hey, guess what? Please join our host tomorrow here in the studio on Drive Time BQ&A, Gary, Eric, and Suzanne. They're going to be looking at, uh, continue on the theme, relevant or redundant Give honor to mom and dad with a question mark. You know, this question about parents and children, you know, there's a commandment there, honor your father and your mother. So um, please tune in tomorrow. If you're a parent out there or, you, you know, you've got kids, teenagers, or you're in that vicinity, 
please, please uh, join our team tomorrow. They'll unpack that uh, for you guys tomorrow. But until then, we leave you with the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next time.